If you served in the Vietnam War, Gulf War, or post-9-11 eras, you and your family may be eligible for expanded VA benefits. File by August 9th to maximize your benefits. Apply for free. Visit va.gov P-A-C-T. Whatever you're saving up for, a CD from Sandy Spring Bank lets you grow your savings at a guaranteed rate. Right now, earn interest at 5.00% APY on an 8-month CD special or 4.25% APY on a 14-month CD special. Learn more at sandyspringbank.com slash cdspecials. Minimum opening deposit to earn the annual percentage yield is $500 for the 8-month CD special and $2,500 for the 14-month CD special. Member FDIC. <laughs> it would be a wolf's fun, eh? On goes Wolf. People might yet win it here for Wolves. Flash in the shot. What a goal! Good evening, Wolves fans, and uh, welcome to the latest episode of Wolves Fancast. Greeted by a trio of heroes ready to delve into the dirt of yesterday's abysmal 6-0 thrashing by Brighton. Um, I've got Stu and I've got Adam with me. Uh, Gents, first initial thoughts um, in the aftermath. Not quite the immediate aftermath, but... um, the, the true heroes are the ones that actually went yesterday. It's true. Christ yeah, Almighty. Yeah. I mean, well, we are we are giving up our bank holiday Sunday right now, so yeah. <laughs> it does make us we, we could be doing much much more interesting things, couldn't we? Um, but I, I, I mean, I was going to start by asking Stu because he he's our resident away day traveller, um, and I'll ask you from a hypothetical stance now because I know you didn't go yesterday, but. Um, would you have made it to 90 minutes and would you have asked for your money back? <laughs> I mean, let's let's get the second part out of that first. No, never. Uh, it's, that whole thing is baffling nonsense to me. I mean, you, in, in from that logic, you're asking, okay, when we actually play well and we score more than three, four goals, do we, actually, do we have to pay more for more entertainment that we've seen? I've, I've, we I've, I've heard that by a few, few different... Well, um, well they... That's there like surge are. pricing on Ticketmaster, isn't it? Surge, yeah, it's... surge pricing. It's more demand, more, more, more goals, pay more. Entitlement culture yet again. Nah, you, you know what you're getting there, especially with Wolves. I mean, you don't expect that record defeat in Premier League era, but at the same time, strong, strong start to the comment section, by the way. Just... Yeah, <laughs> to, be, to be expected. Um, but it's it, yeah, it's it's one of them. Eh? It's the fact that Spurs did it. I think fair enough. If if their players offer it because they're genuinely embarrassed and after that shit show last week from them, then yeah, fine. I don't expect anyone to come out and say, yeah, you can have your money back for the 3,000 we get to went to Brighton. It was just one of them. Um, would I take the money? Obviously. But I'm not going to I'm not gonna go and ask for it <laughs> at all. Um, but the first point would... I rang a few people this morning about this because I didn't because it was one of them weird ones where I actually wasn't there for a change, and my mum left at five nil, and by the time they got back to the car, it was six, um, and then she was back home at eight o'clock, which is 
pretty good going, really. But some of the guys who went on the coach who were stranded there couldn't go anywhere else. But luckily, because Brighton's such a nice, hospitable place, the bar was open from half time and it didn't shut. So they yeah. just stayed. They just stayed downstairs, downstairs for the whole second half. Well, I, th- I found this last time, last season, because I think they know people are going to be queuing for the train anyway. So yeah, they keep the bar open. open after the game. So and it makes a lot of sense, to be fair. Um, but this time, they kept it open for the whole second half. <laughs> nice of them, really. But yeah, I think I've only probably left a, a, a four or five games early, um, like early at all, let alone like within 10, 15 minutes. Obviously, the 5 1 to Albion was one of them when I left it 4 0 for that. Um, but I think probably six would have been enough. I think five coming straight as soon as it did kind of, I don't think that would have pushed me over the edge unless I'd been just stayed down in the bar. Cause as soon as it went to three, you knew it was game over, yeah. but there was still a lot of football to be played. So, and like we had against the Leeds game when we were three nil down, yeah, you could, you could have had some madness going on that you'd miss. So, for There's me, some... I, w- I wouldn't have gone like I didn't leave the Leeds game. So there is something about it though that's like you can't take your eyes off it. You know, like you see a really bad like accident on the motorway and everyone's just staring. <laughs> well, I, I was but... I was almost actively willing Brighton to score more to humiliate us even more. Yeah, I thought was... oh, let's let's beat the record and then when I completely it... forgot about Man United. And when it got to the, the when it got again. to the point where like. Um... We were obviously dead and buried. I was willing a steep to score to increase my FPL points for the week. I thought, well, <laughs> to be I'm fair, he tried his best. Well, yeah, I thought the Wolves are getting jack shit out of this game, so I might as well get some FPL points out of it just to make myself feel a bit slightly better. But um, yeah. I've, I've never, I've kept my record. I, I wouldn't have left. I, I, I wouldn't have. I, I've never left a game early. Luckily, there were. I think there was one time I come close when. Do you remember when we played? I think it was under the jacket season. We played Brentford away and lost four nil. I think it was. Oh god, yeah. I think the, it was the, the time we had like Danny Graham up front. Danny Graham, yeah. That's yeah. silliness. Um, yeah, I think we come close then. I think some of my mates just then said initially they were t- like prodding me to say, "Can we go? Can we go?" And then it turned into, I, th- I think there was about ten minutes left, and I turned to them and said, "Do you want to go?" And they said, "No, I want to stop now because I want to boo them off." <laughs> <laughs> There, I okay. suppose there, there, there is enough. a point to that. You, you, you've purchased your right to do that, haven't you? I suppose by by having a ticket and inventing at the end of the game. Um, yeah, <laughs> another hypothetical question: if if the players did offer to to pay, who would you personally want the bank transfer from to come out of? Like... <laughs> <laughs> I think the the, uh, the automatic choice was Samedo yesterday. By the sounds of it. <laughs> Well, a lot of people seem to think that he was, he was you know, for everything. public enemy number one, like including I mean, Don Hutchinson, whose whose missus must have been having relations with him. The it, amount of stick he gave him was, on. Was this? Did you listen to the comments of Jackie Oatley? No, there was a different one. There was another one. Okay, yeah, it was Matt, Joe, was, was, that was the Don Hutchinson one as well. Yeah, yeah, it was Joe Spate and Don Hutchinson on uh, whatever exceptional platform that we uh, we watched that on yesterday but yeah it was it was outrageous like when Lamina gave the ball when Lamina was some, for some reason playing in defence and he started screaming tomato straight away <laughs> and then he did commit he did like probably said in the, in the group chat he did fix it straight away to be fair but it was like his first instinct oh black player at the back tomato and it's like, <laughs> 
We, well, let's not let's not make any uh, strong accusations, Steve. <laughs> oh well, it, it is the only, it was the only reason why they don't even they don't look the same other than that. So it, yeah, it's true. It's one I, think, I think it's because that uh, he just probably been saying Samado a lot from the five minutes prior because <laughs> of what he was yeah. doing. So he was just like on the tip of his tongue all the time. Samado, Samado, Samado. No, it was the same on the Premier League commentary. I think it's Matt Upson was the the co-coms on that, and uh, for whatever reason, just. Probably a centre half that doesn't want his full back running forward and just gets exposed. Typically. God, did we have like the did we have all the, the dregs of the commentator world in our game <laughs> yesterday? Jackie Oatley, Don Hutchinson, Matt Matt Upson, and some of them. Two no games. Mark. I know, I know, that's the thing, and we still <laughs> did we? Um, talking of picks, um, we'll move on to the starting lineup as we as we usually do. Um, I don't know about you, I, I, I had a feeling. Look, Brighton are a team you have to respect. Um, they've obviously had a really good season and have a very particular way of playing uh, through the middle of the pitch, especially. Um, I expected Lopetegui to go with an extra midfield man. Um, would you, I mean, on the face of it, pre match, did you have an issue with the team at all, Price? Uh, kind of, yeah, <laughs> to be honest. I, I mean, we'll take like the. Um... The lineup graphics as with a pinch of salt, don't we? When it comes out, because it they're normally always wrong, but <laughs> it did have us as a 4 4 2 with Neto and, and Costa up front, and that was one thing. But just just seeing the players that he picked, I just I couldn't wrap my head around it to be honest. And I don't think Neto was worthy of a start, it, it, it just seemed like. Right, and this was this was my thing. It seemed like he was like experimenting a little bit. If I saw all the celebrations after the um, the Palace game, and it, they all Lopetegui included, and all the players, it just seemed like that they were celebrating, like they, they knew they were staying up, like the job was done. And now he's thinking, right, I can experiment with my players because I don't know why. Otherwise, you'd see players like Cunha on the bench. So that, there's no reason. For, you know, for for him to be on the bench at all, to be in, in my mind, he should be playing. The actual formation that that was picked was just a bit baffling. No, the comment there, the comment says Cunha missing caused this. No, I think you've that's a bit of a that's a, a, lump, a leap, a jump of the stretch. <laughs> to be honest, yeah, than what I'm saying, one factor. Yeah, it's just one. I'm just saying that the the team is not what I would have picked out. To be honest, um, and yeah, the formation was just a bit, just a bit baffling. It seems to be with me that there's there's, there's two ways Lopetegui approaches games: there's a home version and the away version. I looked up his record earlier. I, I did take a little look at his home and away record, and cause he's he's had 18 games in charge of us now: nine nine home, nine away. We've only won two of his away games all season, and. You could argue there's a bit of fortune about them. That was Everton and Southampton. And obviously his home games, he sets us up correct because we've won six of his nine home games. And there's you know some relatively big names in there like Chelsea, Spurs, Liverpool, etc. just seems that when it comes to the away games, we just set up in a baffling manner. It just seems as though we just get it wrong all the time. And yeah, yeah th- my thoughts were just, I, I just wasn't confident at all. Well, I saw well, Brighton make changes, but... You know, That's what I mean, yeah. I, I prefer to call it shit in the bed, to be honest, uh, Adam, when it comes to his away team selection. But, um, yeah, I was going to come on to that, Stu. That 
the Brighton team was actually much changed uh, compared to what you'd expect to see. Um, you had players like Billy Gilmore kind of coming in from the cold, um, and Kai Seda, McAllister, and um, uh, Mitoma all on the bench. I guess in many ways there's a sense of optimism if you see those names missing from the starting lineup. But I mean, it obviously transpired that it didn't really make a fat lot of difference. I'd completely forgot that Billy Gilmore was there <laughs> when it, when I saw his, his little face kind of look. He, st- he still looks about twelve years old. Yeah, he does. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, like we said at the time when he, I was the opposite of Pricey. I was kind of thinking you look at that team and it's it screams four five one. Which against Brighton wasn't a bad idea, and then the t- they lineup came out, and you think even better, but it wasn't even four five one. <laughs> and I think that was the start of the chaos. What would you um, call it though? No, what, what, what? Uh, well, I tried to think about it because, like I mentioned about the Lamina situation where he was playing in defence sometime, and it was almost like a kind of two one five one mess, which with. <laughs> Matthias on the left wing for, again, whatever mad reason, which didn't work before, other than one game against Liverpool because he was against Trent, which is... <laughs> says it, all you need to know about that. Neto, who's barely played, who... Does he deserve a start? That's another question altogether. But the problem that we've had all season long, when, when especially with Samedo, where if he hasn't got someone in front of him and he's asked to play as a wing-back, he fucks it up. And it's not his fault because he already has to cover like the first half of the season when he was covering about three roles because um, Collins couldn't be relied upon and he had no one in front of him and he was exposed over and over again. And then yesterday he was on the halfway, he was stuck on the halfway line for the vast majority of the first half. You think, what the hell is going on? And he, but it wasn't just him, it was the same with Bueno as well. So it wasn't just, oh, Samedo's got free reign today, it was clearly a system thing, which. So I said I can't wait for GTA this week because none of it made any sense to me, and this was within the first five minutes, and then a minute later they score. Yeah, I've, um, I'm pushing back my uh, desire to watch <laughs> the game back as long as I can. Um, I mean, I, w- I will do it, and I'll probably make it to half time because I don't think the second half made a, a fat lot of difference anyway. But yeah, I, I mean, we've seen it recently with Spurs, obviously going down heavily early in a game, and twice. Well, yeah, twice today as well. Um, 4-0, it was at half-time um, for a variety of reasons, I guess. Where do you point the finger if it's all there, Price? Um, God, where do you, where do you start? <laughs> Gen- January, where do you start? I mean, there's no... It, we, we just seemed yesterday incapable. I don't... I, I use the term like on the beach, but and we practically were two miles from the beach, weren't we, yesterday? But um, the, the players just seemed to think, like, like I said before, the hard work was was done. And that performance, the not just the first half, but the whole lot just stank of, we just don't need to turn up. And there's quite a few players in that team. And I'm looking at likes of Lamina, Nunes, and even Joao Gomez, actually. They, they barely could make a five-yard pass. They just couldn't. They, they couldn't just keep hold of the ball at all. Couldn't find their own man. They looked just completely disinterested. Um, it was just baffling, to be honest. I think even Mikey Burrows, on when I watched the extended highlights back, he even just used the word disgusting at, at one point, and it was just that. 
It says a lot when the, the official club commentator is coming out with words <laughs> like that. Like... Yeah, well, I mean, you can be subjective as far as you can, but when you're getting trumped 6 0, yeah. you know, and I mean, we managed to make two shots on target all game. It was just, I don't know. I, it was, it, I struggle sometimes, I struggle with words with this one, to be honest, because I don't think any of us saw that coming at all. No. We thought, no. I mean, not, not not many of us probably thought that we would win because it's Brighton and we generally get shit all from going there. I know, last season apart. I know I forgot that one <laughs> in the group chat. <laughs> I completely, that one completely slipped my mind. We won there last year. But um, yeah, that, I don't know. I, it, just like a team that were, I wouldn't say ill-prepared because surely, you know, the manager's more professional than that, but they've just gone out and they just not try the leg, as the term goes. They just looked completely bereft of any ability. Like they're just like eleven competition winners all on the pitch at the same time. I think. Yeah. I was going to say, not saying ill prepared. I think that's exactly what it looked like. I think it looked like a team who've played a certain way for three, four months, then suddenly being put into this madness. And not having a clue what they're supposed to be doing, where each other's supposed to be, who's supposed to be pressing, who's supposed to be running where. It just looked completely disorganised. It, it looked like like that that famous tale of the bully talks about the Newcastle game where they all, they were all on the piss on the night before, and he still scored a trick in the second. And that's what it looked like. It looked like they'd been out like a Sunday league team where you all turn up, you haven't trained with each other. You say, oh, "Well, I know you're vaguely over there. I'll, I'll kick it and rush." And that's kind of what it looked like because you think, well, we've had a certain way of playing and then it's not being a Neves thing again. But them two games when he wasn't there, when you had actual pressing and movement and energy <laughs> in the middle of the park, they kind of bled around it from kind of thing, which then evaporated against Palace when he came back, which is not a shock. That was the same again yesterday where... You look at it, they even showed it on Match of the Day with the, the, the clip of, I think it was Gilmore, um, pressing when Matthias lost the ball in the centre circle. And there was none of that from us at all. And you mm. got, that was literally two weeks ago. We had two weeks of performances where we've played really, really well and really, really good football to then put the captain back in. <laughs> and it was shit against Palace. It was. I don't care about the scoreline. Mm, it was, was a result. It got us out of the line. Fair enough. It was a shit performance. And then that leads into yesterday. And it's like, well, we've seen how we can play. And, okay, that's a way of playing. Neves wants to put himself about a bit. Fine. That didn't happen against Palace. And then it happened with no one yesterday. And again, the away, the, the away game curse comes in, whatever the hell's going on with that. And it was just like a melting pot of shitness altogether <laughs> in one cauldron. Yeah. I, I mean, it, look, it's there's always a cause and effect, right? And Brighton are the kind of team that will make you, you know, reconsider your plans probably over and over again. Um, I mean, what it was Tuesday, we played Palace. Three days later, we got another game. Maybe there's something in that in terms of actually conjuring a plan up of, of, of what to do with this game. But to me, it just felt like throwing an extra midfielder into the mix would kind of do. And it, it, obviously, it obviously didn't. Despite the fact that we know 
that 4-4-2 has kind of been the way forward recently and, and we've played our best football. Uh, you know, I, I still say Brighton, uh, Brentford, Chelsea and the first half against Leicester is the best we've had it under Lopetegui for me as a consistent run of form. Um, mm-hmm. At which point kind of Ruben Neves gets reintroduced after his suspension. Um, do we think there's a there's a shoehorning of Neves into the team at this point? 100%. I was, yeah, I was just going to say something similar then. We were talking about that because... We know we saw how well um, Gomez and Lamina worked together in those two games against Chelsea and Brentford, and then we did wonder, you know, how how the Neves thing would go. We we all knew deep down that he would obviously come back in. We was you know long term. He wasn't going to keep be at the team for long. But when you set up with the th- we got a three of Neves, Lamina, and also Joao Gomez, I think well, I'm going well. If we're going to have all those three in the same team, we're clearly going to be compromising or sacrificing something somewhere else in the team, aren't we? Right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, and you you might on. as well you might as well be playing with ten men because Big Diego is effectively worthless without Cunha or Sarabia or someone else next to him running around. The, the thing is, the thing is, Cunha is also worthless as a as a lone striker as well. Yeah. We actually haven't it's, got it's, a yeah. nine that can yeah. play that role in the row. Yeah, and it, which makes it even more stupid that we've got to this situation now in April, when we've we've known that Cunha can't play as a as a lone striker or for the last three four months. He's proved that doesn't work. He's played his best football with Diego Costa in front of him, and vice versa. And yet, for whatever reason, he's dropped, and then. Costa, who played the vast majority of the game on Tuesday, starts again. It makes no sense at all because you, you're basically cutting off any kind of threat going forward from from the head down. Because you've got no you've got no kind of presence up front other than him being his own annoying little self. Which that VAR check for whatever he's supposed to have done was a joke, by the way. <laughs> Absolute farce. I, I, so my my alternative means of watching the game. Uh, disappeared on me at literally the point when Neto was beating Estupinian. How far did he get into the box before he actually pulled the, the game back? He was in the penalty area. So he, he had a shot at goal on, right? No, he, he was just before he was about to pull the... Because he got into the into the box and then he blew the whistle as he was as his momentum was taking him towards the penalty spot. So he had so, a chance to get a shot at goal. Right, yeah, that's, for a foul that wasn't, wasn't a foul. He travelled a long way, didn't he? He travelled a yeah. long way with the ball. That's, that is that isn't. I mean, look, refereeing stuff. I don't. We, there's no point in talking about it today. But that's an abomination, isn't it? Like, if he scores a goal there, it's a different uh, picture. Or you know, w- whichever way you look at it. I, I mean, but no, it's, it's not, no surprise anymore. So there's no point talking about it. <laughs> I don't even know what like Costa and Webster were just like. Grinding on each other down on the floor, <laughs> almost. I don't yeah. even know what else you can call it. I think he knew that as well. You see, with Costa, because like obviously he, he knows now that all you can't you can't get away with anything anymore, can you? So, well, theoretically, yeah, no, and especially like he, he got caught out Brentford away. So, you can just see when he's on top of um, Webster, he's clear, you can see he's, he's rigid, he's not doing anything because he thinks if I do anything <laughs> right now. I'm going to be up slack alley. So he just see, just he just doesn't move at all. There's nothing in it. But... You also know five years ago, he wouldn't even have had that second thought, though, would you? <laughs> He'd have probably yeah. just gone... And yeah, I'd be biting, be biting somewhere, wouldn't he? Yeah. Um, I mean, we'll try and keep this as light-hearted as possible, guys. But um, 
is there a particular goal you was um, that made you chuckle any more than the others? I'll, I'll discount Gross's second goal, I think, with the touch and the lolly, because that was just a class finish, to be fair. Um, but any of the others spring to mind and re- immediately jump out as, what the fuck happened there? <laughs> yeah. You, you, could, well, you could have picked up four of the six, really. Um, the Saw one was the one that I actually laughed at, though. The six, yeah. that was... Yeah, uh, yeah. I just I just got back from the fridge, which is well, what ten ten second pace. <laughs> short trip. <laughs> yeah, and I just, I just sat down and to refill the physics machine, um, and I just went to, to pull one off and then get a beer, um, and then that happened, and I just burst out <laughs> laughing. I, I thought, yeah. It's what what do you even do at this point? He's even even showboated with the finish, didn't he? Like it wasn't even like a <laughs> clinical finish. He just went, yeah, I might just dink this because for, for for me, like with that one, that was like the the gold standard of apathetic or just a, just pathetic, really. That yeah. was like we were, the ball's on our own halfway line. Breno's passive backs come to Sar. Sar's got like a low, like he's got so much time who he can like decide to pass to, and he's got wide options. He just goes, nah, I'll just pass it to. So Nunez, he's got two men rapidly closing him down. <laughs> and then he just thinks, oh, what the fuck have you given me the ball for? And then the next thing you know, is, was it undoubtedly? You know what? I wouldn't he's... put it past Nunez to have asked for it, though, there. Because you know what he's like. <laughs> there's, like... Um, there's, some, there's a narrative that's developing on Twitter about him. That that was the first time I'd actually noticed it since I saw it in the week, that he drops the, <laughs> drops the left shoulder over and over again. And he, yeah, he's yeah. constantly getting caught out with it. And until you could, until it was kind of pointed out, I never considered it. But it seems like his his, his skill move that everyone knows, <laughs> so it's kind of defeats the object a bit. But yeah, he, he, he was almost uh, in Portugal. He's probably so much quicker and, and more nimble than anybody in midfield. There, he could get away with it as much as he liked. But you're not going to get away with it in this league uh, as, as as often as you'd you'd want him to. And that's it's continue as much as people will tell you that he's been moved from pillar to post for whatever reason. There's a reason why, you know what, you're talking large Davis and Lopetegui have all decided they don't really want to play him in central midfield. Yeah, it's, it's almost like a kind of Thierry Henry situation, ain't it, where you play him somewhere else first before he can be trusted to play in the middle. <laughs> um, obviously, he'd be field, but yeah. And I think... That kind of what you used to call, I suppose, the right hand side of a diamond midfield role, where he was not really a winger, but he was just right side of midfield, narrow. In the two two and a half games where we played well, that's the best we've seen of him when he's when he's had no Neves to next to him. But he's not he's not the player that we saw on um, in Portugal, like you said. It's it kind of throws everything up in the air. Now. Like you look at all the. the the video, the YouTube scouting that we've had on players that we've signed over the last three years, seventy percent have been shit. So it's like, well, any new signing now, can we even get excited about? It? Because our track record's gone from great to not very good at all. If you think if you put all your stock in like YouTube videos of players, you're constantly going to get scammed when you sign a player because, like you say, it's not it's not a true um, reflection of it, is it? It's not a true reflection of a player. What, it's probably George Savile ones. They probably are. <laughs> and you know what? Yeah. Ever since he left us, I think every club he's played for, they've all loved him for whatever reason. Um, but 
there you go. Um, I did think um, I did think the fifth goal was like the second in the the favourite stakes, mainly because like Lopetegui just made his like tombola subs at half time. Three all three three would come on. You think they probably had the half time bollock in, and they're going to come out and at least show some fights. <laughs> And then the ball just goes to Collins. Collins just passes it straight to Welbeck and he goes in. This is within like two minutes. And the camera just cuts to Lopetegui. He's, like, he's on the, the touchline just with his head on the back of his hands thinking, for fuck's sake. I've just done all, done, I've done all that half time. It's lasted two minutes. It, you, can't be, you can't be the sixth goal though for, for, for shitness. Yeah, I think, look, you know, it's not going for you when Danny Welbeck's putting weeks, weak-footed kind of finishes from the edge of the box. But <laughs> the, the worst one was, for me, was his first goal, I think, just in the the, the ridiculous lack of application in, at any point in that move, like nothing to stop the cross, nothing to stop Welbeck getting a header on goal. Saw kind of just collapsing at the front post, like when it wasn't really a powerful header either. It was just... A total calamity, not in a funny way at all. It was just really, really poor. Um, but I can't help but feel if it's four nil at half time, and, and he said this himself. You know, I've got I've got Lapetegi's uh, interview after the game up here for the, the kind of reference. But he said the first guilty is me. It's about the coach, and it's a very bad day. He's got to hold his hands up on this one, hasn't he? Yeah, you could like I said, you could see from. From five minutes, it, it was not going to work, just because there was no, there was no shape or anything at all, or any kind of idea. And I know you, like you said, it's Brighton, and you're going to have to give them respect and whatever, which is fine. But we've played decent teams. I know Spurs are Spursy and whatever, and Chelsea and Liverpool both the shambles at the time. But still, they've still got players to punish you. We had no idea what we were doing yesterday. From the first minute, and that's on him. Simple as that. What happened afterwards, after the confusion set in and all the madness and not being able to pass, well, not even five yards, like two yards in, in some instances. Just, <laughs> yeah, it's he it dropped a bollock massively. If they tried, if they tried, what it did look like to me, it looked like they'd had two days training on a different formation, a different idea, which completely bollocked up. This is what this is what gets me. Like, as what I said before, that there almost seems to be two mm. Lopetegis. The one when we play at home, who were really solid, efficient. We've all we've all seen our home record since he took over. Many wins to nil at home. That's got us into the position where we are. And then there's the version which appears out of nowhere when it's time for an away game. And he goes, oh, I know, I'll, I'll pull this pull this idea and formation out my arse and, and here we go. It's just, it's a bit it's a bit baffling, to be honest. Hey, we have these like Jekyll and Hyde versions of, yeah. of Lopetegui. To be fair, I, I mean, I'm, I'm happy he's kind of seemed to have binned off the Matinho plan uh, around kind of playing him as, a, as an advanced midfielder or almost next to a striker. I think it was Forrest the last time we did that. And I mean, Forrest is another example of us going into a game and trying to be conservative around it when really we, we could have gone in and attacked them and probably made a much better fist of it like we did against Leicester. Um, but this away form, something needs to kind of give. Um, we've still got a few um, difficult fixtures to go away from Molyneux. I, I mean, it's a question. 
is is Molyneux becoming a bit of a fortress like now? Is it a formidable formidable place? I, I, I don't know if you feel it when you're at the ground or not, but it, it, obviously the form reflects that. But I was waiting for the F word to come out, the fortress mm. word. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, it, it, obviously, this is what people will say when when they start seeing things like you know six wins out of eight at home with no goals conceded in all six or something like that. So, you know, is that a legitimate claim? Someone called it Lopetegui's castle. <laughs> on, a, on an infographic on Twitter in the week, yeah, which is a new one on me. It doesn't feel like that. I don't know what it is. It doesn't feel like it's. Oh well, we, we're at home. We're going to win. I don't know what that. That's just kind of. Well, it's well, bored it, into when, us. When you put it into the context that the two games we didn't win out of the eight were Bournemouth and Leeds. Yeah, I guess that probably brings it back to a bit of a. Okay, maybe it's not quite the place we think it is at the moment, but. But it's it's it ain't just the wins, is it? It's the clean sheet record as well. Yeah. Which for a team of <laughs> retards, as people were calling them yesterday, um, who couldn't who couldn't do anything at all defensively, and with the addition of one player <laughs> in Super Craig, who even he couldn't prevent that yesterday. <clears throat> it's it's a minor miracle, really, that it, it, we've managed to be so defensively excellent at home when. Before Christmas, we were a shambles, and whenever we leave WV1, we're a shambles as well. Bizarre, utterly bizarre. If you, I mean, obviously, there's not much to write home about uh, from yesterday's game, but if you had to pick out a slight note of positivity, Neto for me looked sharper than he has done. I mean, he had a couple of 45 minutes, I think at home uh, recently where he got dragged at halftime with no impact on the games whatsoever. I think Spurs was one of them. I can't remember the other one. Um, but he did seem to be a little bit more um, in tune. And, and and well, he just looked quicker to me. I don't know if you thought the same, Adam. Yeah, yeah. He was, um, he was bright. He was lively. He's quite positive with his runs. Um, I mean... I'll probably say, I mean, you'd have to put him down as like our best player, wouldn't you? Really, from from our starting eleven. Um, the only thing I'd say is that, yeah, I, I, I'll accept is that he was our was our best player and most lively. But it was that thing of having such a predominantly left-footed player play on the right meant that when the chance come along, where like Costa wanted the cross in, he wasn't going to get it, was he? Because Neto stops and, and cuts back in to either take a shot or. I think there's that one opportunity when Nunes had his one opportunity that that works yeah. all right when when you pass into Nunes, but and that's the probably one of the issues of playing that way is the fact that you're not going to the strikers are going to have a lot of dead runs essentially because someone like Costa will make a run and then Neto will instinctively cut in and then his run is is dead then he'll he'll be he'll have gone offside or or defence will trap back so there was that caveat that I I noticed when I was when I was watching you know Neto make his runs away but that's that's a bit. That's just that's irrelevant, really, compared to the grand scheme of the yeah, game. Yeah, I still think um, he, he did his best work going on the outside of his man rather than cutting in, didn't he? Just because yeah. he was able to outpace him. Um, but that's the kind of player he is. I, I still don't think he's worked out how to cut in field and and be be impactful. Um, but he needs to because that's you know, it's important for wingers to have more than kind of one kind of trick in the box, I guess. Um, <laughs> I mean. We don't really want to dwell on it too much, do we? But um, any other final thoughts still on on, on the game? Or oh, uh, it's still a bit of a loss. Six 0 <laughs> I mean, 
The last time was obviously that Southampton game, I think. But that would be yeah. our last time we scored. I remember us losing 5-0 to Fulham under Connor. Was it Terry Connor? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Pop, I, was there, I was there for that one. Yeah. yeah. I mean, nice. where does it rank, this this game then, for you? I mean, yes, yesterday was the worst I've ever seen, without, yeah. without a shadow of a doubt. Um, is that is that because though, like like that kind of team was just down and out? They were done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is but worse yeah. because we aren't that level of shit. That's yeah. Well, well, both reasons. When, when you look at it in context of what the players were, I mean, you, you like you throw in the five one against Blackburn in two thousand and three, and and the 5-0 and the four 0 against Charlton Chelsea that that season where we were woefully ill-equipped for anything in the Doritos days. Mm. Um, and then you got the four, the Fulham one, and that was we was already dead and buried again. Then with a team that had completely fell out of its arse. Whereas yesterday, the performance is arguably worse than any of them games because at least in them games we had a bit of heart. Whereas yesterday there was fuck all, there was absolutely nothing at all. And yeah, like Dean Marsden said in the comments, there you go from a decent run of form, which. Fine, you expect to lose a Brighton, whatever, but you don't expect to completely capitulate like that. And with the quality, of, so-called quality of players we have, with <laughs> the kind of the what eighth, ninth best form in the league going into that game since Christmas, just utterly ridiculous how how bad it was. Um, Neto aside, which uh, I. I prefer him on the left anyway. I always have done. I, I, it made yeah, no I sense why why Matthias was moved to the left when he's been awful on the left. When he'd, he's done okay on the right, that would have, we had at least had some balance there. I mean, Costa was massively isolated. But again, what do you expect? We've, we've already gone over that. Mm. I thought Pedence did all right when he came on. I don't think he did much wrong. Um, but other than that... He, every... he, forced a, he forced a save out of the keeper at one point, I think, maybe. Um yeah, yeah, still yeah, save the yeah. shot with legs in me from him. It's I, I always wonder because like it's four 0 Are you throwing people on and almost throwing them under the bus a little bit? Like Dawson getting dragged at that at that point didn't make any sense to me to bring on Collins because I thought, well, if you're going to go to a back three, you could have left Dawson in there. And are you just going out to not not show up Collins, but just kind of give him a run out as like a token gesture? Yeah, I did, I did I... wonder that because I thought, well. What's the point of taking your experienced head off, you know, in the defence, your leader for a young, more rash player, as we've seen this season, yeah. Collins, just ask Jack Grealish on that one. But like, why would, in those in those circumstances, why, why was and you've got, one of guys? you got Mateus Nunes playing wing back outside him with, with, with Mitoma. <laughs> Mitoma, um, the couple of times, he absolutely sent him spinning, didn't he? And I was just like, I mean, Nunez is—he's quick. He's—he's he's, you know—he's not the kind of guy you think. You know what? I really wouldn't mind running at him, but Mitoma made him look stupid. Like the old team looked stupid, didn't they? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Great well, player. I, though, right? oh, yeah. What I will—I will say about him though, that he, however shit he was, he didn't hide though, which is a, a minor no, miracle. No, you're right. You're right. But it was like an all-timer, like one of the worst individual performances I can yeah. recall. Yeah, yeah, he was he was like two out of ten stuff, and yeah. that, that's that's from his shot in the first half getting that. But I, I don't know about you. I, when I saw him second half against Leicester, he looked knackered, um, yeah. and then he didn't show up against Palace really. He didn't really give us anything against Palace, um, and so I wonder if he's just a bit 
bit shot a little bit in terms of energy levels because he plays pretty much 90 minutes every week wherever you decide to play him. But there's also the other, the other part of that conversation you know, that when he's got a certain someone next to him, he's terrible. That <laughs> and, is true. And that, Never that is like, like the Grim Reaper to Nunez's performance. <laughs> like... It's like he's kryptonite. Like he, he sucks all his life force out of him. Um, yeah, but there's a case that you could drop nine of them next week, and every none of them have had any can be any hard done by weight because it was it was so piss poor from everyone involved that you could put anyone else in that lineup and it'd be justified. Well, that's the one thing that I see nowadays when I look at uh, team sheets. You just look at, we've actually got so many options on our bench nowadays, haven't we? When you look, I mean, you've only got to cast your mind back. This very same season, opening day, who did Large put on the bench at Leeds away? It was yeah. like Wolves kindergarten, wasn't it? Essentially, yeah. it was just children. But now you look at the bench and you think, oh, we've actually got, I mean, people may not like the players that are on the, people may think some of them are shit or past it or whatever, but we actually have options in which whoever the manager is can change may not may not be for the better, maybe for the worse, but it can it actually there's options there for yeah, you know, a team to be changed. So we we're talking about changes. It will be interesting to see what he does against Villa because that's like, do we have wholesale changes or is it go out there and put it right sort of approach? I, I mean I'm still wondering when Bibber Castro is gonna make an appearance on the bench to be honest, because he's fit now. But um it goes to show that we have got a bit of depth actually, um, because he is missing. But we can kind of talk about that in the second half. We're gonna take a quick break guys and uh, get on to some of the matters at hand um, and kind of give you a bit of a status on, on what we think about uh, the manager in charge at the moment. We'll catch you in a minute. Everyone knows that putting money aside and savings is really important. But then what? Should you keep your savings locked in a CD for a higher rate or keep them liquid in a money market? Can your checking account help you save too? Or is it about creating the right combination? We believe real banking is a conversation. Let's talk about the savings options that are right for you. Learn more at sandyspringbank.com. Member FDIC. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe. And your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome back, everybody. Um, just before we, we, we get on to the other subjects that we've got lined up to talk about, um, I just wanted to cover the fact that we are due to play our charity football match um, in aid of mind, uh, the mental health charity. Friday, 2nd of June at Molyneux, um, we're playing against a team of content creators from various um, other Premier League and other teams um, from around the UK called Upload United. Um, all proceeds, like I say, go to the mental health charity Mind. There is still um, a silent auction running where you can get a place uh, to play in that game. You just submit your bid, go on to our, whichever um, social media channel you follow us on. And you can find out all the details of how to submit your bid um, to, to play in that game. And the, the highest bid will will get a place. There's one, there's one place on each team. So two places going. 
uh, to, to actually share the turf with the likes of me and Price. Um, not Stu. Stu's let us let the side down on that one. But, um, you know, you can you come and have a crack at us if you fancy. Um, issues. Stu would have been better in goal yesterday than Jose Sal. <laughs> I'd have backed Stu to play out from the back, to be fair. Stu yeah. wouldn't have given it to, Never- to Nunes. <laughs> no, he wouldn't have. He'd have just launched it as far as he could. <laughs> So he's um, actually played with me for admittedly in five aside, but still. So, hey, uh, Sunday morning Galacticos, it was a very yeah. high standard. Stu's like, <laughs> like a footballing unicorn to me. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't place his, his, his position <laughs> or what he's like as a player or anything. Like, it's like the one day when I just started to play left footed and everyone's like, you're not left footed. I know. Just giving just give it a go. Didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> well, Maybe it's a good good job you're not playing <laughs> for our team's sake. Um, yeah, I, I mean, six nil defeats will will do this to you. And there's been somewhat of an inquest, I think, after after what was a highly embarrassing defeat. Um, uh, there's been an inquest from you. No one else. No, 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 no. Come on. I've got plenty of backup. <laughs> <on this>. <laughs> <laughs> Some people have been "quote unquote" reactionary, haven't they? Reactionary, uh, yeah, <laughs> potentially, potentially. I, I mean, look, I'm not, I'm not going to hide the fact that I think I would have expected us to be a bit more of a consistent kind of functioning team at this stage than we are at the moment. Um, I think partly because what I've seen, we ha- we have seen us. At our best recently, uh, what well, what you might call our best, you know, in in terms of a couple of fixtures where we seem to have the blueprint of what a Unilopategi team might look like, you know, with the four four two, with the dynamic midfield, um, winning the ball high up the pitch, um, not necessarily flooding, you know, chances and goals, but resolute at the back as well. You know, it's the first time we've actually looked like a team that can play with the back four um ever since uh Nuno left the club which is you know commendable to be honest it's it's something that we haven't achieved previously but for me I, I just I'm still waiting to kind of you know see what Newlin has brought to the club that makes me think you know what we're in for a really good season next year that's that's the thing that kind of is is kind of nagging at the back of my mind now a lot of people seem to have taken this as the as the <laughs> The uh, the idea that I want him ousted uh, with immediate effect, um, and that uh, you know we've we, there's a there's a whole host of managers line that I'd, I'd line up and and I'm ready to take over. Um, that's not the case. <coughs> Look, I, 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 I'll hold my hands up and say absolutely. I, I, I'm <laughs> coach. But I, I don't know at this stage, Stu Pricey, if you think he should have achieved a bit more. Not necessarily in terms of points and, and 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 things like that. I just think, you know, there's a there's a degree of consistency that we're lacking that I think a really high level elite coach would have brought to the club at this point. And he was sold to us as an elite coach. Let's let's not forget. I think well, you only have to have some kind of a modicum of knowledge about Spanish football to know what he's like, um, and which is why I said when we were talking about him. Um, with Zach in in October that I didn't particularly want him, and I called him like a, a deluxe version of Nuno, which I think he's still fair. Um, but 
I think more than anything, if anyone wants a bit of a laugh, and especially if you listen to this on Monday morning, go and look at Gully's Twitter <laughs> and just some of the replies. We could have bought back a feature from the uh, Certain Other Walls podcast for Abuse of the Week because it was epic levels of fun. Um, <laughs> but To be fair, what I will say is the vast majority of it has been relatively well-mannered and um, you know, genuinely kind of honest in where it's coming from in the sense that it's a debate and people have tried to understand my point of view. What I, where I will draw the line is I got called a sad middle-aged man uh, <laughs> and the two people on my screen are significantly closer to middle age than than I am. Just to just to lay it out there. You, to be I fair, was, though, I you, was sad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We did we did a podcast about multiplayer games on Thursday, which is out tomorrow actually. Um, but you didn't have that grey bit in your hair though last week, or so they have got a point. To be fair, I've had grey hair since I was eighteen years old, Stu. I can, I can assure you that. You hidden it well. Hidden it well. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, on the on the actual point, um, I think just because we were so shit and such an absolute shambles of a club when he came in, I think he would have took a minor miracle for anyone to do any better with us from the from the state that we were in at the time. And only you can you can look at Emery and whatever that what he's done, and he's made Tyrone Mings look like a, a footballer again, which is superb to be fair to him. Um, but they weren't bottom of the league. They were mid-table at the time. And they'd just they been coached by Steven Gerrard. So that was that was a shock in, in itself. We had been coached by someone who completely lost any kind of dignity. Had a few months under some PE teachers. And half the team were still like, harping for their old boss. And... <laughs> If you take the ten points that we achieved away, we'd still be in with a with a with a, a shout of staying up with the points that we've amassed since Christmas alone. So I think I didn't expect consistency because of the players that we've got are nowhere near as good as some people think they are. Naming no names before because we all know. Um, and if they were as good as people think they are, then they wouldn't be here, which is I think a fair enough point. But at the same time, like we've said on here, that the away away game situation is odd, and his other teams that didn't seem to do that when I, from memory, and I like you, Gully, I've watched quite a lot of Spanish football. I don't remember his teams going away from him playing a different formation when it was it seemed to be set with a with a fullback so in their role that seemed to be the way they played. Maybe it's a case of he's kind of. <laughs> feeling out the Premier League in a way and we're gonna go we won't do this next season because obviously against Man United and Arsenal to come we ain't gonna go at them are we we ain't gonna go four four two against them. We kinda of know that now. But you you counter that with the games that like we talked about, like the Bournemouth defeat and then and the one to Leeds where we're three down. It's just baffling stuff sometimes. But again, he had a shit team and he bought Half half a squad's worth in January. That's been part of his matchday squad since that time. So I think it's way too early to judge him. And I think for me, if you look at it overall, I'd probably give him a B for for in a ranking wise because I didn't really expect anything. <laughs> Just purely for the for the fact that the squad was in such a shambles as it was, and the club as a whole was a shambles. The players were unfit. We know that Doctor Death was binned off. We had a whole new fitness team bought in. <laughs> a mini pre-season and it, the whole thing's like it's starting again 
a quarter of the way through the season. And to be where we are now, I think he's pretty impressive. Has he done everything right? No. Um, but if, say, if you go to Christmas and we're still as inconsistent when he's had a proper pre-season, I think then you've got a point to mention it. But obviously you can mention what you want. But I think for me, it's kind of a free hit. This kind of this season's been a free hit for me. Different com- different country, <clears throat> shit players, a mismatch of all kinds of styles and, and approaches and things like that. Him adapting as well as players adapting, and we know from before like how long it took Neto in a different country. So I think overall, it's if we'd lost two 0 yesterday, we wouldn't be having this conversation. Um, but for me, I'm relatively satisfied for now, and. He's got to have he's got to have his own windows. He's had one window. I think he's got to have he's got to have the summer and then next January, and then you talk about it next next summer at the earliest, um, because we were in, in we we played in a certain way with a certain set of players from a certain stable as well, which we've kind of deviated from for the first time in yeah. like five six years. Which, which look look the club has to take credit for that because it's the right thing to do. Right? Yeah. Whichever so there's yeah. been so so much change in in which needed to happen in. Such a short space of time to be safe, effectively. I know Dan still doesn't think so, but still. To be safe for where we are, I think he's a great achievement and fair play to him. But, he, but he's not immune from criticism because no one is. Yeah, I, I, I'm i similar lines. So, I mean, a, a result as yesterday's is obviously going to promote or provoke some quite extreme reactions from from people. But um, yeah, I mean, when he came in, we were we were dead and buried, weren't we? We were, we were expecting the relegation was just on the cards. But when he came in, so he was brought in to keep us up, and he he's pretty much done that. So he's come in and done what his remit was to do in the short term. So in the short term, it was just a case of of staying up. He needed players. He got the players. And it looks like we are pretty much there. It'll it'll take, you know, a, a, a balmy set of results and circumstances for us to get dragged back into it now. You know, teams who've barely won all season will have to win like three or four games on the spin. <laughs> exactly. like in Everton and Liverpool, you know, to to to, to you know to catch us. So it, it it's un, highly unlikely to happen there that we'll get dragged in. So he's. He's come in and he's done what we needed to do. We need to stay up, goal number one, and that looks like that's going to be done. Has style of play? Has he really implemented a radical new style of play? No, not not that any of us can really see in the naked eye. But is that what we're looking for right now? It would be, like I say, it would be hard to, for him to do that in the middle of the season. I know we had the World Cup break, but some players were were away. He didn't. When he came in, he, he then had to wait another month until the transfer window started to get his players in. And then he's got to start embedding the new players coming in in the space of a win- the transfer window and beyond. So I think he's done really well to, to do what he's done. And then, uh, as we've said, or as Stu said, you know, when he gets to the summer, that will all be, that'll all be changed. And you know, he'll have a new summer transfer window to bring in the players that he wants, hopefully, anyway, let's... You know, hopefully, we're expecting a bit of an upheaval anyway in the summer. Players going and and hopefully coming in. So then we then we then we start to look a bit longer term. So next year we'll see where we, you know how the playing style changes if it does, what and what results that yields. I do think there is 
there's a tendency to look to Villa and look at their manager because they've also got, you know, Europa League winning manager, just like we have. But I mean, to coin the phrase, uh, comparison is the thief of joy, just because that Villa have, and you know, got a very good coaching and it's took them to the heights they've gone to, doesn't take away from, you know, what Lopetegui's done for us. Because, you know, when, when, when Lopetegui come in, his goal wasn't to get into the top seven where Villa are. You know, the goal was just to get us safe. Just so happens that, you know, Emery down at Villa has done that and then some, you know. So let's not dwell too much on what Emery's doing at the moment. The fact is, you know, that Lopetegui's come in and has got us safe, pretty much, which is the, which is the job. And he said before, I think I saw it in the recent interview with Lopetegui, he was told he was crazy going coming into Wolves, given where we were at the time. But you know, it's a challenge he's, he's took on and he's, he's practically delivered. But that's just that is just a short term. It is dependent now on what goes on in the future. And yeah, you know, as I said before, we we've, we seem to have two versions of him. We have the home version and then the away version. And obviously, we don't like the away version so much because we don't tend to play well or win well on the on the away games. So that needs to be worked on. And he's not a perfect coach, as we said before. You know, I'm. I'm always first in the group chat to, to, to joke about his Tom Bowler half-time subs when the starting lineup is inevitably wrong on away games. And yeah, and look, you can't argue with the fact that that's that's a problem, right? Yeah, it's a it, it's, it is a it is like a it is a, it's a concern. It's one it's something to note in the concern column, you know, and that's that is one to look at. But like I say, you know, overall, he's he's coming to keep us up and he's he's doing that or has done that. You know, it's. The, 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 the things about the, the high level of subs to change the starting lineup, it, it is, and I've, I've said this before in the group, in our group chat as well, you know, it is, it is a concern, but, you know, hopefully it's something which over time he irons out, and maybe it's something which he's doing because he's still finding out his, his right team or, or getting his, get, adapting his ideas to the Premier League, you know, we don't know, but it's, it, is, it is something that is a concern and that, you know, we hope that just gets rectified as time goes on, certainly after a summer, you know, after another summer window. I think a lot yeah. of that as well, you've got to think like we said, the shocking fitness levels of them players. To play a slightly well, to go from no pressing at all to some kind of pressing. Um it's gonna take it out of them, even if they are a little bit fitter than they were. Yeah. But that's why he's used sub I think he's used all of his subs in ninety percent of his games, right? Because yeah. He's needed to right? because because of that demand that he's placed on the players, which is fine. You know, I've got an issue with that. I think for me, it there's been the, it, the the amount of kind of rescue missions he's had to do is is one thing that kind of concerns me for a start. Right, you know, the, coming up with an example, right, the Spurs game. Yes, we won that game one nil, but up until the point Diego Costa got injured, I think they were running all over us, and we're just lucky that they're not actually that great going forward. Um. We then had a chance to change things around and whatnot, but there's been kind of too many phases in games where I just think, you know what, it just makes me feel a bit uneasy and uncomfortable. You know, Palace second half, I, I whilst again we've probably benefited from the fact that they're not the most efficient attacking side. You know, we're at the, towards the end of the game, we're just booting the ball away. Like it's just little things like that that just bother me because I think we're a better team than that, and we've shown we are better than that. But it's just certain times I just think, like. He's not instilled necessarily a sense of confidence and calm sometimes in the way the players want to play. Um, 
and you know trusting them a little bit more and, and just trying you know get the most out of them he has clearly got more out of them than what large was doing at the start of the season um but i just i just still think you know by the end of the season i think he'd have managed 23 premier league games something like that you know it's not like he's been here 10 minutes you know we, it's not like he came here with 10 minutes 10 games to go and we did with 10 points of drift or anything like that it was an eminently achievable task and i do think we've we've benefited from the fact that there are a lot of really poor teams. I think 13 managers have changed in, in the Premier League this season. 14. Like 14, 14, is it? Like, there's a lot of shit in the Premier League at this point. You know, nobody could have envisaged, you know, West Ham, Leicester, these teams kind of sinking the way that they have. Yes, Everton, of course, terrible. Leeds, you expected them to kind of be down there. Forest, you know, some of these other clubs. Southampton are on hiding to nothing with their transfer policy. And that's kind of propped us up a little bit, I think, as well, in terms of being able to pick up points in certain games and just, you know, rely on other teams losing. <laughs> you know, that's that's become part of the the kind of climb up the table as well. Um, but for me, I mean, we'll kind of finish on this before Twitter corner. Going into next season, how confident are you that we're going to be a top 10 side, say? Top 10? Uh, 90%. I, I really am. I think if you boil that down, if you say 23 games, he would have managed by the end of the season. If you extrapolate that, the stats from them 23 games, and we are in the top 10 form-wise in the league, which I'd still imagine us to be there and thereabouts with. I think the fact that he's he's got that kind of level of performance from this group of players, while at the same time not playing very well sometimes, is a good sign. <laughs> and I think the... the Overperforming your XG thing. I mean, yesterday that we had a usual XG of like 0.8, um, and they had about 3.4. I'm think surprised you got that much, to be honest. Though. Well, it was the the entire shot, I presume. Yeah, maybe. which was a, a decent one, but yeah, I think I, I'm I'm pretty confident that it, if not top ten, I'd say between between eighth and eighth and twelfth. If you say eighth and twelfth, I'd say pretty much nailed on for me. Yeah, I tend to agree. Um... I don't know how the summer window will go because, like, like I said earlier, there's going to be a, a big upheaval in the outgoings, I, I think. Um, it's probably the expected sale of Neves, but it just depends on who wants him, to be honest, you know, because they say he's not, he's, not, he's not at a D-elite level, Neves, so it just depends who... He wants to play Champions League, but it just depends who at that level wants him. So I'm sure Carabag would take him, wouldn't they? Yeah. <laughs> Talk about Champions League football and stuff. Yeah, or young boys or whatever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he can go and join. I, don't, I was going to say Bonatini, but he's not even in Switzerland anymore, is he? He's uh, yeah. in Mexico. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm confident that we should be able to break into the top 10 with this, with this, with this squad plus additions next year and, you know, have a, full, a proper philosophy embedded over the summer. Um, I mean... Premier League is crazy these days. And you said before, 14, 14 managers gone this season. That's that. That's just because that teams panic, don't they? Teams just panic. And the only two down the bottom that spring to mind that haven't panicked is Forest and West Ham. They're the ones that have just, you know, stuck with their manager. Could be for the better, could be for the worse. You know, it looks like Moyes had this chance where he could have gone, but he's turned it round. I'd be and, surprised if he sees through the summer, though. I, I feel like he'll, he'll go at the end of the season. Well, I've heard rumours that he might call it quits and retire mm. in the summer, and what I've heard. But I mean, hey, you know, he's, he's, it looks like he's keeping him safe, and they're in the 
Euro semi-final. So, you know, he's yeah. they've done well. To but this is what I mean. I think the level of coaching at the top of the Premier League, you're talking top six, seven, is so far ahead of whatever's down the bottom that we need to catch up sooner rather than later. Because otherwise, you know, we will get kind of dragged down into that bottom half of the table and be kind of in this cycle consistently. And I just want, I just want to see something from Lopetegui that tells me, you know what, okay, we, we, we are, we're further along than, you know, maybe I'm seeing right now because you do, you will need to be a really good coach to be a top 10 Premier League manager soon. I will, I will say on that though, you look at, yeah, I know he's going to say, man, really mentioned Emery more than he's been mentioned on, on Villa Watch this week, but they have over, talking about XG and stuff like that, their expected points. They're like something like fifteen over, or the amount of jammy goals and deflections that they've got in from with the usual Villa look. Yeah, is is massive compared to everyone else in the league, and they're not going to get European football anyway. You can see already the amount of games of the other no, and you know what? In hand on them. We've said this before. Oh, we're going to beat them next weekend. I'm pretty confident that yeah. that's going to be the case. We should have beaten them at Villa Park. Let's be fair, um, but. I think a lot of the XG stuff is to do with the fact that they go ahead in the game and then they kind of sit back and just kind of allow the soaking pressure. But if we were going ahead in games on a regular basis, I wouldn't have a, 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 I wouldn't give a Scoobies about, you know, the way Lopetegui is setting up, but we're not, are we so? Yet. Yet. Yes. Um, we'll call it there. It was actually very um, measured and uh, quite sensible. So I appreciate <laughs> that quite um, nothing like any of the, the Twitter discourse that we've had over the last uh, 24 hours. But I'm, I'm always here for it, guys. So if anybody does want to tweet me with any any, any uh, conversation points or, or whatever, I'm happy to to respond in kind. Um, we'll, we'll finish up with the Twitter corner. Um, and we'll start with uh, our very own Matt. Um, what's your go-to activity to do when Wolves have suffered a heavy defeat or lose a derby? After the Albion game, I stormed around the local park doing laps head down, listening to Cradle of Filth. Was there anything you did yesterday uh, that, that kind of took your mind off things? I'd like to mention the Cradle of Filth there, because I mentioned it on the last Thursday's cage fighting. <laughs> it must have stuck in his head, a bit of, a, <laughs> bit of goth metal. Um, what do I do? I don't know. I just... I'm trying to think what I did, um, what I did yesterday. Yeah, I just, like, tell it as soon as it's full time, just tell it off, and then yeah, just some sort of fresh air and or outdoor, some, some sort of outdoor activity just to blow the cobwebs away. Or because the last thing I want to do, what I used to do, I think back in the day, was I like just put the PlayStation on or something. But that would That's normally true. entail with me playing FIFA and someone scoring the, um, what's the proper term for it now? Sweaty goal. Sweaty, sweaty goal. <laughs> sweaty goal, yeah. Yeah, what you say. And then, um, yeah, that just gets me angry again. So what's the point in doing that? Or, yeah, have an angry wank. <laughs> Sorry, I had to share that one. I had to share that one. Um, yeah, the, the, the last time I really felt that kind of fuming was that that three two against a shit. And to be honest, I don't think I, I actually settled after that game. I was just angry for a very long time, um, at least uh, you know a good forty eight hours. So maybe I do need to come up with a, a coping mechanism. I mean, I won so much money off that game, though. So I was just... You're a bit just because you're a deviant, Stu. You're an absolute I'm deviant. Li- literally laughing all the way to the virtual bank that day. Because <laughs> you didn't yeah. listen to me, did you? You all had the chance. You all had the chance <laughs> to do it. It was so obvious it was going to happen. <laughs> I've, I've got I've got Nuno and Cody just sat on, on the sidelines, just <laughs> burned into my brain, man. 
I mean, likelihood is we're never going to get a pop back at them again, are we? So who gives a shit? Um, okay, next question. Uh, Rob Cartwright, what's worse, our loss yesterday or Spurs today? Which would you rather be on the end of? It is pretty <laughs> epic that they pulled it back. <laughs> Only for our very own Diogo to, to go and uh, nab the winner. Um, I did appreciate um, Diogo uh, scoring that goal, but I think I like, mean with with with, um, with today. Uh, sorry, with yesterday, it's like a slow, painful death. Right? It's just come. It's just it just happens over a long period of time. With Spurs today, it's like a sudden. Incident, it's just like it's, in, it's an instant thing, isn't it? You've got the joy of coming back, and then you just you voluntarily give it away because that's what happened, wasn't it? The voluntarily just gave it away after getting back. <laughs> so, I think as far as like emotions go, I think I'd have to say Spurs because you've just got you've just pulled yourself back and then you just give it away. Whereas us, it's just like shit and just stayed there for 90 minutes yeah yeah, yeah. I think that's I mean I even said earlier Dan, that, that I think we, with Leeds getting battered absolutely battered by Bournemouth that is way worse than, than our game yesterday our result yesterday I mean that was the fact that so many teams have got dicked by huge score lines it, it's like ours is oh it's just another one like United at Anfield worse than ours Spurs falling apart in 21 minutes, worse than ours. Spurs today, worse than ours. It's like, well, we're going to we'll be brushed under the carpet on Totally Football Show tomorrow. It'll be fine. No one will talk about it. They'll be like, oh, little old Brighton. I did, I, the only thing that pissed me off was when they, when they showed, when they followed that rogue seagull flying around the ground. It was like, <laughs> even the wildlife was rubbing it in. But, but none of the game, because it, it was over so quickly. I thought, oh, well, whatever. And then I was laughing towards the end anyway. But that one seagull pissed me off, which is kind of says everything you need to know. Maybe I need help. What Maybe. would have been worse? Are the act- an actual animal seagull or one of the fans in seagull attire <laughs> taking a piss out of us? You see the one at Wembley? That was like... Well, it, yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I'm about. With someone dressed up as a seagull taking a piss, I think would have been a, a low moment in all of our lives. Can <laughs> I steal your chips? Um, <laughs> I, I, I mean, the thing is... Our loss, you, 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 I mean, the, the the chances of us losing 6-0 next week are so inconceivably slim. But you can see Spurs shit in the bed again next week, can't you? <laughs> like, you can actually imagine it. It's like it's this cycle of torture that they're continually on. Oh, there's I, just, I, said, I said this to Steve, don't I, when, when we were having a pint together in the Gifford last uh, <laughs> last Tuesday, and I said, how do Spurs, how are Spurs currently at the time of us talking, how could they possibly be in fifth when they just seem to lose or draw every single week? And they're just they're still there. <laughs> it's baffling, honestly. That they could have just kind of coasted through the season and probably finished top four with Conte and that'd have been all right. But the fact that they've managed to fuck all that up. <laughs> it's, just, it's great entertainment. Um final question from from Dean Marsden. Um, thanks for all your contributions to throughout this as well, Dean. With the upcoming charity game, what professional player would you use to sum up your own footballing style? Not ability, style, Stu. Um, Fabian Bartes. 
Wow. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> lunatic. Lunatic yeah, is a bald bronze. Have you yeah, got me? going to kiss his bald head. Yeah, I was going to say, who's your Laurent Blanc? Well, <laughs> you know what? You, so you say this, but whenever Mez is on the on the other two with me, he does that to me because he has because <laughs> as it towards the front, quick access off to the pub, and he he was doing that for a time. He was coming and kissing my head, which was strange, but there we are. The lesser spotted Chris Merricks. Yeah. <laughs> He, he actually he actually texted me before the game yesterday saying, "Are you not here?" So I was he missing went, you. He needed a head to kiss. I had, I had a whole segment lined up about your day out, and then you let me down. Yeah, <laughs> I was sitting at home drinking the banks. Is mild. It's, it's actually got you. it's got mild written on it now, not original, which is better. Um, as we um, clearly clearly saw from the last fan cast charity game. My um, style of football is clearly based on Eggert Jonsson. <laughs> <laughs> Unfit and shit. <laughs> and that'll be the same again at the next uh, Fancast game. You've got you time to, to prepare for this one now. <laughs> yeah, I do need a few warm games to be fair. I might lean on um, people who play over Wednesday night or something just to get a few minutes in. Either that or I'm going to go full Ledley King again. Just no training. Just turn up and play the game. And then... <laughs> You'll just hear my knees crunching as I try and run past you. There's, there it is, guys. If, if anyone needs a player, half an hour before kickoff or one of their, their weekly five sides, reach out. I'd, um, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd go. I've always, I've always, always loved Kevin Foley as a player. A bit of a kindred spirit of mine, I'll be honest, because he's a fullback and people, people underrate fullbacks, and <laughs> I always love watching him play, but. Again, because you know people don't want to do this, I'm gonna to have to play centre half in this charity game. Uh, again, take one for the team. But you're gonna uh, we'll let, let it bounce this year. <laughs> do you know what? I've, I've thought about this um, ever since I was diagnosed with my eye condition. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I've got my contact lenses back in. My aerial ability has increased tenfold. <laughs> this will not be happening this time around. I wasn't wearing my, I wasn't wearing my contact lenses at the time, so I'm gonna put it down to that. But yeah, it's been the fact keeping that him away. Was... It's been keeping him awake since the first game. <laughs> listen, listen, I, listen, I, honestly, the, the first chance I had to get back on the Molly turf and redeem myself, I need to take it because <laughs> the only highlight from that game that I feature in is that, um, <laughs> and it's just it's totally embarrassing. Despite the fact a bloke who scored a hat trick in that game said I was the best player on the pitch, but nobody's going to know that or remember that, are they? So <laughs> you know, there you go. <laughs> You're just going to have to take my word for it. So there you go. Um, but yeah, that's all we have for this evening, guys. Hope you've enjoyed it. Um, as best as we could do with a 6-0 defeat to work with. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, some, some light-hard debate and uh, some, some honesty and uh, a little bit of um, cool-headedness from, from, from all of us, I'd like to think, um, which, is, which is great. Um, we'll be back. Um, I'll be back myself with a... Oh God, a tactical analysis of, of what went to shit um, against Brighton this week. And uh, we'll have another preview show ready for our Midlands Derby on Saturday, which 100% we're going to be taking three points from, which um, I'm sure Dan will be leading later in the week. But for now, it's uh, goodbye from Stu. Goodbye, everyone. Three points are high. Goodbye from Adam. Shit on the villa. Bye-bye. And goodbye from me. See you soon, guys.